Welcome back to the Gen Z Speaks podcast. With me today, my co-host, Matt Gutierrez. How are you doing, man? Doing great, brother. Doing great. Just had a baby sister, so it's pretty exciting. <laughs> how, how, what was that like? How do you, how you feeling? Dude, it's honestly, this whole COVID stuff made it so weird, man. Um, the hospital is just like, they don't let the, um, you know, the, the mom stay inside the hospital. They'll make her go home until like she's dilating further. And like, it's crazy because, you know, she's in pain and she's at home dealing with it rather than being in like a hospital bed with like professionals. So it's, it's pretty brutal. Wait, why do they send them home? Why? Well, the hospital Long Beach Memorial, they didn't have enough beds at the time. And so they were trying oh. to prioritize differently. But it was it just didn't make sense because the, I mean, if you saw her, she was just like, yeah, it was bad. But wow. yeah, everybody's healthy. So everybody's fine now. Yeah, but the baby was healthy. Everything is good. Yeah. Okay. It's awesome, man. Congrats. Thank you. Thank and Janish, thank you. How you doing, man? Doing good, man. Uh, school started up uh, back on campus. Feeling nice. Well, what was nice. that? So, I mean, you haven't been back on campus in two years, right? Like, yeah, in-person pretty much. class? Pretty so much. What was, when you stepped in, did it feel a little weird? Like, what is this? Yeah, the first time, the first day of class, it felt kind of weird. Like, I was like, damn, like everybody like walking into class. But then eventually it got to a point where like, I mean, online's pretty good. It's very convenient. <laughs> kind of started missing online a little bit. Man, I can never go back to online. It's such a scam being online. But, <laughs> a um, scam? Yeah, it is a scam because you don't, it's not supposed to, the whole college thing is supposed to be an in-person experience. You know, like I could, I would have just went to University of Phoenix and gotten the online degree if I wanted, Fair. but you know, it's whatever. It is what it is. Let's let's actually dive right in. Today, we're going to be talking about the developments in the Ukraine-Russia crisis. We're also going to be giving our thoughts on the Joe Rogan controversies and also talking about the recent developments in the NFT slash metaverse space. Uh, let's first start off with the Ukraine and Russia crisis that's been happening. Before we talk about it, I just want to give some background information that that's helpful for us and uh, for the viewers and listeners who are watching this or listening to it, number one, the whole controversy actually started back in 1991 when Ukraine uh, was no longer part of the Soviet Union and the Soviet Union essentially collapsed. And since 1991, um, there's been tensions between Ukraine and Russia. And, and honestly, with all the formerly Soviet uh, Union states. And so most recently, this month and last month, Russia started to uh, put a lot more troops along the Ukrainian border. I believe, according to latest intelligence estimates, that amount has spiked to 130,000 troops. So Russia has 130,000 troops along the Ukrainian border currently. And it, it basically is around the entire border. There's Russian troops at almost like every single uh major location and part of the reason why uh vladimir putin has done this is because he opposes ukraine to join nato and nato is one of the most um important european slash american security alliances um it was formed in 1949 after world war ii and the goal of the organization um, which consists of 27 European countries and two North American countries, is to obviously 
uh, you know, support each other in times of war, but it's also to prevent war and, and to have a consistent and united security slash foreign policy on specific issues. And so Vladimir Putin does not want Ukraine to join NATO, and he has asked NATO to give that to him in writing that they will not allow Ukraine to join NATO. And that's partly because Vladimir Putin is he fears uh, the Western influence on Europe, particularly Eastern Europe. NATO, there's five current uh, member states of NATO border Russia. And, and, you know, sometimes they have joint military exercises in those areas. And so Vladimir Putin essentially is scared that NATO's influence on Europe is rising. And, um, you know, President Biden and the United Kingdom have warned that Putin's about to invade Ukraine, that it's going to happen any day now. And that um, if, if Putin does do this, the United States are going to impose a lot of sanctions um, that will basically destroy Russia economically. But there's a lot of like nuance involved in that. There's a lot of detail that we'll cover in the podcast. But from a basic background perspective, those are the facts on the ground right now. And most recently yesterday, uh, the National Security Advisor to President Biden, Jake Sullivan, basically told every single American in Ukraine to leave the country. And a lot of other countries have followed suit. Some European states have also released statements saying, uh, leave Ukraine uh, because um, Russia is about to invade it. So those are the facts on the ground. Um, what, what is your guys' first initial uh, perspective? I know, Jenish, we were talking about this briefly on Thursday. Uh, but what, 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 what is your sense of what's, what's going on uh, with, with the crisis so far? Well, well, my first reaction was, why is this happening right now? Like, why, why mm-hmm. didn't this happen, you know, a couple years ago? Or right. was, there, was there like a certain point in this whole, whole uh, ordeal which led to this, right? And, um, and, you, and you kind of brought it up. This started back in 1991, this whole kind of... Um, you know, trying to uh, mess with uh, Ukraine and possibly invade it. And um, I, I find it fascinating why R- Russia wants to, you know, invade Ukraine to begin with. I know we talked about a little bit how Putin wants to um, uh, stop the Western influence on the Eastern side of Europe. He wants to, you know, further, um, uh, you know, gain power for Russia because, you know, that they're not that whole they're not that superpower that they were back in the cold war era so they, they will kind of want that name back for themselves and um you know we know putin's a selfish guy and you know he wants to you know further his legacy of being someone who you know brought more power to russia and made russia a superpower in the world so i think those are some reasons why um why russia is trying to you know get get at ukraine and take over uh, do, you, do you think there's some more like subtle reasons why they want Ukraine other than those like uh, primary reasons? Well, I, I, was, so I was reading a Vox article and they quoted uh, a, a statement by, um, let me find it. So they, they, the Vox article that I read, they quoted a statement by a research director in the Russian studies program at, at CNA, which is a research and analysis organization. But this guy, Michael Kaufman said that Russia... Uh, wants to relitigate the security architecture in Europe. Uh, so the whole statement goes, a Russian attempt not only to secure interest in Ukraine, 
but essentially relitigate the security architecture in Europe. And so you're right, uh, Ukraine is a part of that relitigation of the security architecture. And so Putin, this is more than just about Ukraine. Russia, like, like you said, Janish, I think you brought up a good point. Putin kind of looks at uh, the Cold War era where Russia was a superpower as, as, as almost nostalgic. He wants Russia to be uh, a force of power. And this is one of the things that he thinks will, one, stop or, or kind of combat against, um, like you said, the, the Western influence on Eastern Europe and also uh, kind of, you know, reintroduce Russia into foreign policy headlines and like power debates. But, but also it is important to note, though, like in, 2000, um, in 2008, I believe it was, that uh, Russia, Vladimir Putin was basically asking, you know, United States and its Western allies to stop, to not allow Ukraine to join NATO. So he's been you know, asking Americans and people in the West and NATO to not let Ukraine join NATO. So this is not just like this happened last year. He's been, uh, this has been Russia's stance for a long time. And I think Russia presented the U.S. with a list of demands. And one of the demands was that uh, NATO stop its eastward expansion, obviously, in terms of getting membership to Ukraine. And they also said, uh, Putin also said that he doesn't want NATO to deploy any troops to countries that join NATO after 1997. And so a lot of these things are like non-starters, right? Uh, I was reading this Vox article and like they did a really good job of giving uh, a lot of the background information. But one of the things they were saying is that all the Russian demands to the US and West have been kind of non-starters, right? Like, I don't think NATO is going to stop troop deployment to countries that join after 90s and 1997. But, but also like the thing that that's kind of like weird to me is that People in America who are questioning why, um, like why uh, the United States has been so alarmist about the whole situation, because remember, Dennis, we're talking about this, that Ukraine, uh, Ukraine has not been as alarmist about the war as the United States, as the country itself, which is going to be invaded. You know, it, it's a little weird because they obviously don't want to scare away their public, their residents. They don't want to create like chaos or uh, they don't want to basically scare away, scare people into like, um, like I said, in, into going into chaos. But yeah, so the U.S. has been alarming and the U.S. and the U.K. have been alarming the rest of the world that this is going to happen. Russia is going to invade Ukraine. But everybody else, even Germany and France, have not been as alarmist as the U.S. And that's also because one of the most important, interesting things of the story is that Germany and Russia are really, really, really close economically. And that's because Russia sells oil and gas to Germany. Part of the, rev like, I think the number one source of revenue for Russia is oil and gas. And Germany gets the majority of its oil and gas from Russia. And so if you want to really economically destroy Russia, Germany would have to take the step of stop buying oil and gas from Russia. And if that happens, it's it's going to be bad because a lot of Germans rely on Russian oil and gas. And one of the well, things, what's go, go, go ahead. Just finish up. Yeah. I was just going to say really quick. So the German chancellor, the new German chancellor, which is just a fancy word for saying German president, he came over to Washington DC and met with Biden and Biden uh, and him contradicted on a really important point. So there's a, there's a pipeline named Nord Stream two, which basically provides Germany 
uh, Nord Stream, there's two pipelines, Nord Stream 1 and Nord Stream 2. Nord Stream 2 is still under development. And that was because Germany wants to buy more oil and gas from Russia. And so Biden was saying that if Russia invades Ukraine, that Germany is going to stop developing this pipeline that they've already spent billions on. And the German chancellor was like, I don't know about that. You know, like we'll, we'll consider all options, but I don't know if we're going to stop, if we're going to abandon or just stop the development of this pipeline. And so that's important to consider as well, that Germany and Russia have a really, really close economic alliance. And if you really want to destroy Russia, Germany can basically do so, but then how are they going to get their oil and gas? So that's the important question. So, so I was watching a few press conferences and then I read a couple articles on this. And I think the interesting thing is obviously Biden is, you know, providing his two cents on, on you know, putting sanctions on Russia and all. Um, and then I saw kind of how Putin rebutted to that. Right. And he was basically like kind of threatening us. Right. Without actually threatening us, saying, you know, it wouldn't be a good idea for the U.S. and the West to go ahead and do that because, you know, we have nuclear weapons as well as they do. And I mean, he's talking about, you know, this nuclear weaponizing and, you know, sending them out. But the thing is, he goes ahead and says, you know, nobody wants that, though, right? Because if I send it out, then they'll send it out and nobody wants that. And so I think it's just like it's it's a mental power tactic that he's trying to play. Um, something else that I, I thought was interesting is that like Ukraine, right? Obviously, there's like 13 countries under the Iron Curtain and Ukraine's obviously the largest one in there. So that's what I was, I was curious about, right? Why Ukraine? And then I realized like maybe they're the largest one and obviously they are, but I think it goes further than that, right? That, I mean, as, as you guys were saying about how Russia's trying to regain some power, you know, regain some Russian authority in the world and all of that, um, it's kind of like whose chest can puff out bigger, right? Us or the U.S.'s. And I just think it's, I don't understand why, like, why does he want to have more power like that on, on this basis that, do you, do you know why? Yeah. Well, he, I mean, from looking at from Russia's perspective, he fears the right. I mean, he fears he's always feared the United States and he doesn't want the United States and West to have uh, to have all the power in Eastern Europe. They don't he doesn't want the U.S. to dictate what happens. And this is his way of saying that. Stop. Like, I'm here to uh, that. You're not just going to bully your way into making all the decisions for Eastern Europe, that this is, this was formerly a part of Russia and that, you know, he's, he says that he's going to, he's relitigating history, but, but I mean, I think also hmm. he just really fears that Russia is just becoming weaker and weaker as the time goes. And eventually, you know, they won't be like relevant in the world stage and can't really, you know, yeah. Like Ibrahim saying, they'll just be bullied out of all the decisions, like foreign decisions that are being made especially in the eastern side of Europe. Why not assist? I mean, obviously, Russia's not bad, but they're not also not in a great state, right? Why not just focus on your own country thriving and, you know, having a better output? That, that's, that's the weird yeah. thing to me. Like, what mm, is it? That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, for Putin, one of the things that's really close to his heart is how he's viewed internationally and how other nations view Russia. And obviously, like foreign policy is a big part of politics. But I, like I said, uh, this is something that R Putin has been looking at since he came to power. I think it's been uh, one of his dreams, I guess, to return Russia back to its Cold War glory or whatever that glory means and to have Ukraine be a part of Russia. But you're right. Russia is struggling economically. It's not a great country. 
uh, to live in. It, it really is not. And, and you're right. Maybe Putin should just focus on internal affairs. But I think he views an opening. Um, he views an opening currently to do something in Ukraine. Again, like we don't know still if Russia is going to invade Ukraine. I mean, obviously, intelligence in the U.S. has said, that, yeah. said so. But I mean, obviously, I think I mean. They do have a point. 130,000 troops. What are they doing there? It doesn't Obviously. make sense. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I was just saying, yeah, today, like, I, I was re- reading reports, like, in the morning today, they're telling embassy workers, U.S. embassy workers to leave the, uh, the U- uh, Ukraine. And so, I'm, obviously, you're not just telling them to leave if there's no, you know, <laughs> sign that they're going to possibly invade, right? Yeah, because, I mean, I only said that because some people were, um, a lot of, some experts were saying, foreign policy experts were saying that, this could also be Russia just postulating and that they're just trying to, you know, have people talk about Russia in kind of not marketing, <laughs> not marketing, not marketing, but like, you know, it was just a yeah. power move thing. Like right, Putin right. wasn't really serious about doing it, but it looks like he is serious. Okay. And, taking uh, this as face value, right? Like just, let's just say, for example, you, I mean, Russia will invade Ukraine, right? Like that's going to happen. So, you know, Russia's puffing out their chest. They take Ukraine. Why wouldn't they stop? Like, why wouldn't they stop the Iron Curtain and, like, keep going, try to take maybe, you know, Romania or Lithuania or somebody, and then, you know, continue it? You're saying that if they invade Ukraine, what's going to stop them from invading other Continuing, countries? Continuing, right. Well, because... because so, I, so I was reading... Let me, let me uh, you know, capitalize on this real quick. So I was reading an article, and it was saying, essentially, that Ukraine... I think it was by... Um, CNBC News or something. Uh, regardless, uh, it was saying that basically by Russia taking Ukraine, it's telling you know the U.S. and everybody else, you know, you guys can't really affect me, like you can't touch me. And by taking, going ahead and like you know solving that, taking Ukraine, they're saying, I mean, and nobody touches them. That's what it is, right? Nobody can really touch them at this point. And they go ahead and take smaller countries, and you know, eventually take whatever it was. Um, what's stopping them from then? From if we if we don't you know nato i mean romania romania but, so a lot of uh-huh. these countries on the eastern side i told you five five of the european countries in eastern europe border russia and they're all part of nato i believe they include um um i i know romania uh lithuania estonia finland and I don't know if Finland is part of the NATO, but no. a lot of the countries are part of NATO. And one of NATO's rules is that if one country is attacked, it's like an attack on all countries. And so that would, Putin would never do that. But um, yeah, so I don't think Putin's going to attack countries beyond Ukraine, so to speak. Because I think Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania, who do border Russia, are all part of NATO. So I don't think that's going to happen. But you're right. I mean, some that's, that's his way. That's a lot of people were saying that, you know, because that is one way of him indicating that, you know, just because I'm not just all words and I'm action too, but so far Putin has all been, it's been all words um, so far. And, and like, I don't think Putin is as sophisticated as people give him credit for. He's not, he thinks he's this genius and he really isn't. He, he runs a country that's weak economically. It's people suffer. He's a war. I mean, he's, he's a criminal. He's a thug. And I, I mean, he thinks he's doing the, he thinks he's doing his country a favor, but I don't think he's, like you said, Matt, I don't think he's doing his country a favor um, by doing what hey, he's doing. Don't, don't ever go to Russia after saying that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Careful, I have buddy. no intentions or plans of going to Russia. Okay, and I, I don't cool. think I'm missing out on anything, but one other but, thing I wanted to say was <clears throat> regarding this crisis, 
uh, was that an easy, simple fix to this is that if the U.S. and NATO just say that Ukraine is not going to join NATO, like that's all they have to say. And both of them know it's like an open secret that Ukraine isn't going to join NATO anytime soon. So I really don't understand why the U.S. can't just say that. I mean, I understand because of, you know, the way these things go and the formal procedures. They don't want to weak. They don't want to just let Russia strong arm them. But I think this whole thing can just go away if Russia and NATO provide Russia the assurance in writing that Ukraine is not going to join NATO. And they don't want to do that. So it just doesn't make sense to me. This whole thing can just go away by doing that. If they, if they say Ukraine is not going to join NATO, isn't it just further motivate Russia to invade Ukraine? Or no? Am I thinking about They're it? They're trying the to keep way? them from it, though, right? So Russia yes. trying to keep them from joining NATO. So yeah, no, no. I'm there's saying, insurance on it. <clears throat> no, I'm saying, I'm saying. So what uh, Ibrahim was saying is, if uh, NATO just says we're we're not going to let Ukraine in any time, then this will be solved. But is, wouldn't it just motivate Russia further to invade Ukraine because they're not ever going to be a part of NATO? So like, no one's going to help them. That was one of the. Well, there's demi- already a lot of Russian influence already on Ukraine, right? Eastern uh, yeah. countries. They and so. They, by the I, way, Russia invaded Crimea, which is a peninsula in Ukraine in 2014. They literally invaded it right. in 2014. And like you said, Russia has been supporting a lot of rebels in Ukraine to fight back against like areas uh, within Ukraine. So yeah, you're right. They've already been funding anti. Uh, Ukrainian activities within Ukraine for a long time. So, but, but you're right though. It is interesting, but I think that was because that was one of the demands of Putin. I think internationally, he would look like one, a liar, which he already has multiple times and a fool. If he proceeds to invade Ukraine, even though the U S and the West give him what he wanted. But I think the U S and the West don't want to be strong armed by russia like they don't want to fold to him in any scenario in any case but again like this whole sanction thing isn't going to do anything because germany is not going to surrender its oil and gas supply to from russia like they are dependent on russia for their oil and glass oil and gas and they have a really close economic relationship and i don't think germans are ready to give that up uh you know in the in, in the next coming weeks because especially because of winter you know oil and gas like heating the heating system in germany would completely go away like they would they would not have any heat during winter time also one thing uh, we china is such an important part of the situation too because putin and president chi the president of china recently met and they released a really big like statement slash um official uh, support letter, which basically said that Ukraine, that China, that Russia supports China's classification of Taiwan as not being an independent country, and <laughs> and and China said that it supports uh, Ukraine not becoming a part of NATO. Does that make sense? So yeah. they are. So China and Russia are becoming they're like a click. <laughs> yeah, they're becoming more closer <laughs> together. And they're trying to just stand up to the U.S. and the West and saying, hey, yeah. you know, like we can work together when we need to. And uh, yeah, so that was really interesting to me at the heels of like the Winter Olympics. Uh, Putin and President Xi met and they talked about how they're going to stand up to the West. So it's interesting. You know, there's another solution, bro. If Ukraine, if we just allowed Ukraine to just wave the white flag and let <laughs> Russia just take over. I mean, no, everything that, would be OK. You know, it's by the way. An intelligence report recently said that 50,000 men, 50,000 people are going to die 
in the first few weeks yeah. of that this happens. Think about That's that, man. Guy. It's yeah, gonna create. Yeah, go ahead. I was just thinking. Yeah, I think people think like, oh, Russia's gonna invade Ukraine. Russia's gonna invade Ukraine. But I don't think they understand like how powerful even the Ukrainian army might be, right? Like they're not just you know letting them rush in. Like come in. Like they're all around the borders as well. And there's gonna be a big clash. That's just waiting to happen, right? The defense right, minister but, said that they are preparing uh, in terms of like doing military drills. So yeah, Ukraine is definitely going to stand up. But again, it, it will but be. But do you a war. think there's any? Yeah, do you, but, no. But do you think there's any potential like? No, th- I mean, no. Russia, Russia will, will invade Ukraine. Will destroy, no, no, Russia will destroy them. I'm just saying though, yeah. there's going to be a lot of deaths. Yeah, like, yeah. What I, is, I think I don't want U.S. soldiers to go to Ukraine though. Oh <laughs> no, that's that's not going to happen. That's not happening. Yeah. It's a non-starter. But they are placing american troops in eastern european countries just to say like this is nato these are nato allies and you can't you know we're here too so but yeah one of the things that's really a little bit that i'm scared about is a senator from missouri josh holly i'm not a big fan of this guy but one of the things that he was saying was what i was saying was that united states and the west can basically say that ukraine is not going to join nato and they can make a lot of this go away and Jen Psaki, who is the White House press secretary, said that he was repeating Russian talking points. You know, the, 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 that the mere fact that he was disagreeing with the Biden approach meant that he was some sort of a Russian spy or like not. He wasn't saying he was a spy, but she was saying that he was repeating what Putin wanted the rest of the world to like uh, know or say. And Bernie Sanders said something similar as well, that uh, he was actually supporting Josh Hawley's statement that the West and the U.S. can make this whole thing go away by just saying that Ukraine is not going to join NATO because they're not. Ukraine isn't going to join NATO sometime soon. I don't think it's going to happen. So, but yeah, that's interesting that Jen Psaki, the mere fact that Josh Hawley disagreed with the Biden approach, he was labeled as parroting Russian talking points. I don't think that that's the whole. That's exactly how the Iraq War started. Anybody who questioned the Iraq War was somehow like labeled as like, oh, you support terrorists. Like you don't support American uh, operations in Iraq. And so it, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really narrow like path. So by saying, say it were to happen, right? The West says Ukraine's not going to, doesn't that kind of put Ukraine in a little pocket? Like they're kind of stuck now, right? Because what if they, they have like the want for it? That, that, I, I don't. They're in, a, they're in a crappy position either way. They are. They are in a crappy position. I mean, Ukraine. Is, again, but the other way, it just makes Vladimir Putin look like a liar and a fool, like Ibrahim said. Like, he, he said all these demands and then people met him. I guess it doesn't even make him like a fool because that's what Hitler did, too. He said he made all these <laughs> demands and then he just took over him anyway, took over the countries anyway. I mean, that, that, I don't know. But Hitler did make their economy pretty decent, so... Yeah, but for, for the time being, I mean, for the time, I'm not, I'm not yeah, Hitler, yeah. supporting Hitler. I'm just saying. Okay. No, no, no. I get you. Yeah. But I'm saying, yeah. Yeah, yeah but it's, it's mean, a complicated. It was... There's so many factors that are going into all of this that's happening, like all the different countries that are siding with the different allies. I think it's very interesting, and I think we're gonna see what's gonna happen. And do you think it's gonna? What, what do you guys think about the timeline? Is it gonna be a couple of weeks or months, or do you guys just? I I think when the elongated. It de- so it. It depends, but I think I think it's going to happen with the Winter Olympics in China, which no one's watching. I'm not going to watch the Winter Olympics in China. Um, who cares, right? I mean, but... What? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't care Why? about the Winter Olympics. One, because, dude, literally, China's... 
having a genocide of a million Uyghur Muslims, bro. And no one's okay, saying fair, anything about but it. You're like, right. I mean, yeah, it's unfair to say on, the man. Winter Olympics don't matter. But again, like, yeah. I, I hate the fact that it's happening in China, a country who's literally persecuting millions of people. This is like, this is like 1939, um, 1939 Germany, bro. How they were killing a whole population of people in the world was not doing much about it. I think it's the same situation, very similar. Obviously not to the degree that it was in Germany, but... But U.S. Olympians kind of need support. It's oh, topic. yeah, let's, let's, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just, I was being, I was exaggerating. Obviously, it's I okay. want the Americans to win. I want America's... Okay. Uh, but I, I hope they... I, I haven't been keeping up at all. Have you been keeping up? Have you been watching the Winter Olympics? Uh, here and there. Really? What do you yeah. watch? Like what sport? Well, I'll, I'll read articles on it, but like okay. I, I'm into like snowboarding and like the ski, uh, skiing and uh, what's it called? Uh, mm-hmm. Ice skating, ice skating. Oh, yeah. mm, interesting. Yeah. So in terms of the timeline question, I think it's probably going to happen when the winter Olympics end because I, because Putin and China are now closely, they're not officially in an alliance, but they're closely partnered. And so I don't think Putin wants to like upstage the whole invasion when the Olympics are happening in China, you know, cause it is supposed to be like a, patriotic thing for china to be hosting the olympics so i think he's gonna wait for the olympics to end but again i don't know it, it can literally happen as we speak or tomorrow or, or the day after but it's definitely gonna happen in the next two or three weeks i think or, or four weeks something will probably happen but yeah or putin can just drag this along <laughs> like he can just drag this and also he's wasting so much of his money having those troops at the border like that costs money it is expensive what he's doing i don't care though he doesn't care. It doesn't. He doesn't I mean, care. I think he does care, but he. I think he. He's rationalizing it by saying that he's bringing back Russian glory and that he's standing up to the West and that he's being bold and that he's looking out for the the Russian name or its history and. He may be rationalizing it that way, but it's not reality, right? Yeah. Like 100%. the reality is, he just. I mean, look at the way he treats his own people. He just doesn't. He doesn't care. He he has his own agenda, and like that's just what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My last comment. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say real quick, I don't really know a lot about Ukraine. I haven't read into a lot of like what, you know, what Ukraine is like and how the people are. But I wonder if, you know, obviously Ibrahim mentioned there's rebel groups in uh, Ukraine and um, there's like, uh, you know, Russia's kind of infiltrated Ukrainian um, websites and social medias. Um, Cyber war, cyber thing, right? Yeah, yeah. But I, I'm, I'm wondering, like, how easily will Ukraine fold? Like, do they really want their own place, or do they kind of not want? No one wants for Russia to invade, but do they like not care as much as like you know? <laughs> no, they definitely care. They I care, mean, right? Yeah, okay. they 100. percent Yeah, they're like a sovereign nation. They're an independent country who runs under the market economy. So I think they definitely no, no. care. I, I get that. But like, you know, in some scenarios where the people You're saying, are not happy mm. with the government, right? They're, they're not happy in some cases. Like, so they might as well corruption. just have Russia. Yes, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I need to read more about Ukraine. I'm not as experienced in like what Ukraine policy, what Ukrainian government's like. But yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's a really good point. I, I don't know. Like if Ukraine is, I don't think Ukraine is doing well because. As, yeah. It, yeah. David. As, some of the mm-hmm. articles I read, it said that they're not doing well economically and stuff. And also there's a lot of corruption in the government. And if there's a lot of corruption in the government, that might result in people not wanting, uh, maybe wanting a different type of government. Who knows, right? So it's kind I of mean, interesting. The president, Viktor, the president of Ukraine in 2014, he was literally ousted from government because he was a Putin puppet. And right when that happened, Russia invaded Ukraine. I mean, it invaded Crimea, which is a part of Ukraine. 
So, yeah, I mean, they've going through domestic turmoil for the last decade. And so politically, it's unstable. It's been unstable for a long time because it makes it's a young country. It's only been a country for 30 years, 31 years. So and also, of, mm-hmm. just real quick, um, kind of going back on that point, uh, it's really interesting now how we all, you know, Russia is infamous for hacking into, you know, um, or doing cyber attacks on different countries like, you know, they've done. There's reports that they've done it in the U.S. in the 2016 election, right? Not report, confirm. They confirmed report. Yeah. yeah, right. Right. Spreading so, misinformation. Yeah. I mean, if they can do it to the U.S., a neighboring country, Ukraine, who doesn't have the same security uh, established as the U.S. or doesn't have the same, you know, uh, technological capabilities as the U.S., they can easily, like, you know, um, hack into government websites, and they've been doing that actually, and kind of spread uh, propaganda and like other types of misinformation that might. Um, cause the people to, you know, form some different opinions on the whole situation. So I think that those cyber attacks and like, that's kind of like the modern way of warfare nowadays. It's like, you're fighting with information, you're not even fighting with like, you know, guns and um, bombs and stuff, right? For sure. That, that's exactly what's happening, I think. Let's, yeah, I, yeah. you want to move yeah. on? Yeah, we can move on. But really quickly, I just looked it up. Ukraine, Ukraine, 30%. 31% of the Ukrainian population is under the poverty rate. 31%. That's and ridiculous, it, dude. Yeah. And according to the IMF in 2018, of all the countries in Europe, Ukraine had the lowest GDP per capita. So economically, it's doing really, really bad. Yeah, but let's move on. Let's let, let's cover the NFT thing real quick, and then we can you know go into Joe Rogan. Um, so, okay, this is what, I, I mean, I think this is extremely interesting. So as NFTs continue to build momentum and, you know, grow, uh, we're starting to see, I've talked about this before, you know, real estate is starting to, you know, they're talking about real estate as an NFT or, you know, putting it on the Ethereum blockchain. And they've done this already in a Eastern European country, I believe in Lithuania, where they had an auction for a house. They had that auction under uh, sorry, produced as an NFT. So the people that are trying to buy the house are buying an NFT. But in order to do that, a business has to own the NFT for it to be a viable um, like purchase for like, the human, right? For the person to buy it. And then the person will buy the business, which the business owns that NFT. So we just had on Thursday, uh, the 10th, it happened in the United States, the second time it ever happened, uh, where you know a house in Florida was auctioned starting at 650,000 was placed under an NFT, right? A business, I don't know what the, you know, the, the corporation or whatever type it was, right? But there was a business that owned that NFT and then somebody went ahead and um, purchased that business. So I just think it's crazy how, you know, the future of NFTs is already proceeding, right? Like we're talking about how NFTs are going to be a platform for, you know, maybe some type of social clicks or to get into places special, kind of like the black card, right? Um, uh, I believe it's not Capital One's black card, but uh, what is it called? What uh, financial service is it that provides a black card? American Express? Right? American Express, Amex, sorry. So Amex black card. So, so companies are already creating their own black card and their own type of social hierarchy. And they're doing that, right? But not only that, like we could buy houses on a blockchain now. So it's even more secure than, you know, whatever escrow services we use right now. So it's just crazy how much more simplified the real estate game is becoming by using a complex system. 
Um, I just thought that was extremely interesting. Another thing, in, so in the metal, uh, metal realm real quick, I, I thought this was pretty insane. I think it's, it's a little too much for me at, at this point and at this stage, but McDonald's went ahead and bought virtual property in order to create McDonald's, right? So people can go ahead and, uh, or meta people, whatever you want to call them, their, their avatars can go into McDonald's, purchase food, and then that food will be delivered in the real world. I it's, think, okay. go ahead. I don't think it's that insane because think about think about when you're like this is a basic this is a basic example right when you go on the McDonald's app and deliver if you put that McDonald's uh, app in like a VR glasses you're kind of in a VR world so if you're on the app you're kind of in like a virtual world if you think about it even though you're interacting with your thumbs or whatever you're on your phone right, right. so I feel like it's just an extension of that you're kind of just extending that into like if you're in a virtual world you can order something it, that's kind of how I okay. visualize it I don't know I, if you kind of think about it the same yeah, I think the difference is like it's the thought of it we're in the metaverse right like we're not are we're already not in reality and I mean in time I'm not saying right now but people in time will be wanting to spend more of their time on there because their life in the metaverse will probably be better than their life in real life right and by going ahead and being able to walk into you know McDonald's or you know even a BJ's who knows maybe it'll be actual chains eventually right you go in there it keeps your time from the real world still and now you're you know, you're allowing more time into this virtual space where you're not even really a human. You're, you're, kind, you're just an avatar. You're a wee character walking around doing things and it's not real world stuff. You know, you know my take on all of this stuff, right? So that's kind of how I'm perceiving it. It just keeps your time from the real, real world still. Um, I, I, that doesn't make sense to me. Right, right, yeah. What, what about you, Ibrahim? What do you think? <laughs> First of all, what do you think about the real estate thing? Because I'm not that much into the whole nft space i understand nfts but i'm not that into it and um kind of wondering like how how that would work in terms of like you know like real life contracts and maybe like purchasing big things like you know possibly cars you know vehicles or houses, houses. <laughs> so help me so tell me if i'm wrong but the the house that you're referring to is just digital artwork of the house right it's not the or are you saying that the actual like it was like a whole no, it's the property. actual property so it was an actual yeah. property okay yeah okay so, so nft is on the ethereum blockchain right yeah the yeah ethereum yeah. blockchain supports smart contracts and mm -hmm. so those smart contracts are being condensed into an nft so all the nft is a non you know the non-fungible token right? right and so it's that smart contract that's acting as the nft mm -hmm. oh right so okay so Okay, I'm thinking about more like a picture. Okay, so this is just think of more like a smart contract, Ibrahim. Yeah, that's a better way to visualize. It. Yeah, so make so now, yeah, yeah. I'm not surprised. Yeah. I mean, this is the I think event. when, when mm -hmm. we talk, no, I think that's extremely efficient. That makes no, way more no, sense. No, no, yeah, yeah, we talked about this. We talked about this with the Lawrence Leslie, I remember. And um, when we right. when we talked about smart contracts, um, you know, we, uh, yeah, like buying houses, it's gonna be super efficient, and even like I think it's gonna go with cars. It's gonna go with uh, even like later in the future if we can make a sophisticated system it might even work with you know um like lawyer lawyer contracts or like you know paperwork in all different aspects of life you know like you go to dmv it's just like a you know you don't have to do any paperwork it's literally all going to be on on the blockchain well, as of right now i mean so when i was in the broker space 
like we had a lot, we had some conferences about this, right? And they're trying to figure out a way on how to be able to broker the smart contract situation. But that's the whole thing with blockchain, right? You're decentralizing things, decentralizing things in general. And so by having a smart contract, it's kind of eliminating the way brokers deal with real estate, right? Now, all you need is buyers. And, you know, we're in a market where, you know, everything is hot and everything is selling fast. So there's really no need for a broker. All you need is the seller, the bank that's going to go ahead and auction it off. Mm-hmm. And then the people that want to buy it. And then you go ahead and you go on this smart contract that already has all the information. Right. Yeah. And, and it's even all more legal. secure than escrow. Yeah. Exactly. I think you're right. And I think um, brokers, I don't know if how soon it's going to be, but um, that I think the reason you're, you were having those meetings is they're trying to figure out like, we can't be losing money. Like we're going to lose exactly. our jobs, right? Like we're going to lose our exactly. jobs. Um, but yeah, I think that's the future. And I think, um, it's like a simple kind of way I kind of thought about it. Like when I, uh, you know how I bought the Tesla, right? The Model right. 3, right? So when I bought that car, right? I didn't have to deal with a single person. I didn't have to deal with a single person. You know, I had to go to a car salesperson, you know, to try to, you know, reduce the price, talk to them, all that stuff. I didn't have to deal with a single person. It was all online. And that was without any blockchain, any smart contracts, anything. It was just an online system that Tesla developed, right? And I think if, if if you can make like secure blockchain systems for a different type of contracts that are even better than just like regular, you know, computer systems uh, that kind of, um, you know, uh, go through all the legalities, that would be so efficient. And like, it would just be better than dealing with some broker or anything like that. You can just, you know, go on Zillow and I want to buy this house. You bought it. Like there's no more, you know? Right. And there's no closing costs if you do that. Right. Like exactly. Maybe maybe the 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 system whoever develops that system might take a percentage, right? They'll yeah, no, the they'll probably still be closing costs because you have yeah. to still deal with mortgage lenders and uh, people in in that regard. And yeah, there's no as additional well. there's no additional closing costs. Like it definitely, I think it saves the buyer money, and so it so. Oh yeah, it, it will definitely save the buyer money. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, so it's just or, a better yeah, way whoever's of doing paying things. it. Yeah, it's a better it is, way. Of it's doing more efficient. <laughs> it's just it's insane because commercial real estate agents, they're the second highest paid, um, uh, sorry, the second highest paid profession mm-hmm. aside from like actors and, uh, you know, those types of professionals. And so taking that, you know, that amount of income out of, out from them, that's going to be really intense. And I'm really interested to see how the DR, cause I don't, I don't think the DRE is going to allow it, the department of real estate, just because how much money flows through them. Mm-hmm. Um, right. so I just, I feel like there's going to be Backlash. a sense yeah, ba- major backlash. And I, I think they're just going to try to like keep it out, dude. They're not, they're going to try not to allow it. I, I think maybe it might not happen anytime soon, but eventually there's going to be a point where it's like, we're not dealing with, you know, there's like a better way of doing this. Let's just do it. You know what right. I mean? Right. But I think it's going to end up, they're going to try to centralize it just like they're trying to centralize Bitcoin. Right. And right. that that's the fear because then it just, it's a, it's the same thing, right? Just with a different system. So they're still centralizing, you know, the escrow accounts with as a smart contract. And they're just adding, you know, jobs here and there that aren't really necessary in order to, you know, keep money flowing through the system. I think that's going to be insane, like, because think about, think about like, um, if there's a decentralized system of like buying houses and stuff, like Mm -hmm. there's no, there's no such thing as like, you know, looking at your credit limit or like, you know, looking at all these like prerequisites before selling a house. It's like, oh, if you got the money, you know, like, I don't know how the yeah. loans would work, you know, like. That, that would That's be, interesting, yeah. yeah. There's, there's a lot of, like, technicalities in it, so. 
maybe the, you know what they would probably do dude before the auction they'd probably pre-qualify you they'd probably pre-qualify you make sure you're able to pay however much the limit is right and if you're not then you just won't be in the auction right right yeah that, that could make sense too yeah that's that's interesting and this is actually more capitalistic than what's currently happening right if you just have it auctioned off then have you know random buyers because so the interesting thing is right when, when a buyer is going ahead and speaking to whichever agent it is the agent still has a say right they still have a say of who who gets to talk to the seller who doesn't get to talk to the seller mm-hmm. and, and that's kind of a big aspect right now that can be um, eliminated through pre-qualifications and you know the smart contract system for sure yeah I think right, a um, good note to end the conversation. I think we can, we probably just talk about Joe Rogan next time. I think all of us were just going to say that, you know, Joe Rogan should not be Joe canceled. And that, of course, yes, we, we stand with Joe Rogan. Joe is even, the though, even though he messed up and said, you know, really, really, there's it's inexcusable what he said. We're not supporting that. We're just supporting. Um, in all fairness, yeah. though, real quick, in all fairness, he did say under context, right? So maybe it's not right to say it, but it was under context. The, the video that I saw. So maybe yeah, there was something no. I didn't see, but the one that I did see, it was under context and he was literally quoting from something. Yeah, but like, yeah. So, I mean, like no white person should be saying the word. Well, like, and, okay. Yeah, in in my opinion, if it's quoting, if it's quoting something and it's not him saying, it's not him. No, I mean, like, look, 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 look. One second though. One, hold up. So Joe Rogan himself said that he shouldn't, like no white person should be saying the word. Like he himself acknowledged it. So like, I think that's the most important part. And secondly, uh, the Planet of the Apes quote that he said, I went back and looked at that thing and Joe Rogan himself during that, when he was saying it said it was racist of him to say that. And yeah, so, I did see that. He, so, you know, he acknowledged himself, but in the video, he said he wasn't trying to be racist or, you know, but I mean, like, I, I think, yeah. Yeah. I go think ahead. Joe Rogan is not racist. And I think he's someone who has good intentions. <laughs> but when you have to and, say that, you know, you're not racist, you have a problem. Like he said himself, I think his apology was. Yeah, right but like on, everybody's you know? made mistakes. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Bro, David not... Goggins ba- is backing him. Israel Adesanya is backing him. You have all these people that are like genuine individuals backing him. Yeah. And it's like, no, how are you trying to cancel somebody that's yeah. genuinely not racist, but just said something, right? I think, I think, we, I think we've all said things we shouldn't have said. I think that's a fact, right? No, but it's important. So I think it's important. And he himself acknowledges it's important to hold people accountable when they mess up. Like, it's not not to say, you, oh, you're done, but just tell them, hey, what you did was wrong and you need to take full responsibility and apologize. And that's and what he, he did. did that. And that's, right. yeah, exactly. He did that. And he's going to be more cognizant of that. And he's a better person than he was before for acknowledging that. And I give him credit. You know, whenever Joe messes up, for the most part, he always says, I'm sorry. I will try to learn more. He's and he genuinely means it. Yeah, he's a genuine yeah. guy. But, but but what he said was like it's wrong. Like it's like if you look at historically, like no white person should be saying the word end of story, in my opinion. And so yeah, so we support his his his, his podcast. It's I think he does a good job of giving it to us in an honest and genuine way. A lot of the vaccine stuff, obviously, like I, I don't know what he's doing there, <laughs> to be honest with you. But I, again, we can disagree with him and still watch a show. That's that's the beauty of podcasts. I, I yeah, I think. I don't like the whole idea. Like I understand Joe has made some mistakes, right? But I don't under I don't like the idea of like the bigger media attacking him. I think they're scared. I think that's why they're attacking him right now. Oh and yeah, because yeah. he's oh, pulling in, he's pulling in mil, like ten x views than the two, like, CNN or like two hundred million downloads every single month. Two hundred yeah. million. 
That doesn't like, even I don't under close. that is insane. Like that yeah, is beyond insane. 200 million downloads. He, this guy gets so much. Dude, that's two thirds yeah. of the U.S.'s population. But but again, the downloads also. I mean, I think in terms of unique users, <clears throat> he probably gets 10 million to 20 million people who listen to. Oh him. really? The okay, downloads? Gotcha. No, that's not 200 million people listening to him. No, no. Okay, no. that okay. would be like, wow. No, 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 no. That would be like billions. No, but e- even yeah. like 10 million people listening or 20 million people listening to him a month. I don't like. I don't know what the viewership numbers are for like these big media companies like CNN, but they're not. It's a million. Close right it's now. maybe a million. Like yeah. Peak hours. Yeah. Exactly. It's like nowhere close to what Joe is at right now, and and what he does is so simple. There's no like some. I mean, there's good production, but it's not like some. Yeah. It's get, simple. Like, it's just simple. He's just talking with someone. He's got that's... Jamie in there to you know. Well, that's the him. appeal, right? It's genuine. Yeah, it's, it's authentic. Genuine. Yeah, exactly. And media is scared of that, and they're they're trying to. And push it's through. real people coming. Right, there. It's real people talking, right? Not these phony journalists. It's people with 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 you know genuine <laughs> feedback, not people that are trying to create an agenda. I genuinely feel that way. That's not. I'm not trying yeah. to make a joke. I yeah, like, no, I agree with a you. A lot of the a lot of the establishment media you know, people have lost trust. They've lied to us so much, so many times. The Iraq War. Look they at that. They lie every day. Know. They lie every day. A lot of them do. A lot of them. Do. Or stretch. Maybe not lie, but stretch the truth. Right. That that's that. I consider that lying. A lot of them do, hundred yeah. percent. But I do think there's still some good journalists left that do some. I'm great sure. Work. Yeah. I think the yeah. good journalists that are left write articles. I don't. I don't see any good journalists <laughs> they, on TV. Yeah. On TV, there's some. There's there's some ones. Maddie Hudson. Some. There's some. So. Maddie Hudson is MSNBC. Jake Tapper at CNN does an okay job. But yeah, I don't. I don't want. I mean, it's it's fine. I think Joe's fine. Joe's gonna be there. I give Spotify credit. They're not. You know, even though obviously it's good that they removed those episodes where. He uses the word, but I think the, the CEO of Spotify is taking a lot of criticism for not entirely canceling his show. And I do give him credit for, you know, standing by. Standing up, yeah. Who, yeah. who is getting criticism? Like, who? Who is this? What The, the musical artist, like Neil Young, who removed their entire, like, nobody listens to Neil. I don't listen who to Neil Who cares about Neil Young? Yeah, I know. <laughs> but okay, a lot okay, of, relax, relax. Neil Young's actually historically very good, so. He's he's a legend, but right? I, I don't, yeah. But he's yeah, he's a legend, Rogan. but... He, <laughs> But, no, no. Yeah, but no, he no. removed his music from Spotify because he didn't like what Joe was saying about the vaccine. He told Spotify, just like cancel all his episodes where he talks about the vaccine, or he told, said to Spotify to remove his show, or basically said to choose between me and Joe Rogan, and they chose Joe Rogan. They're like, we're not going to remove her. <laughs> so of that's when they chose Joe Rogan. Said, of course, I mean, more yeah. profitable. Yeah. yeah, more profitable. Yeah, business. So. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty are- hilarious, though. Yeah, a lot of people are trying to still like say, you know, Joe is, is a right winger and he's not a right winger. He said he was going to vote for Bernie Sanders. Literally, he said he was going to vote for Bernie. So he's no Look, way a right winger. He's just a guy who's open to different perspectives and wants th- to hear this is, out. This is what I like about Joe Rogan and just podcasting in general. All these medias, media, like big media companies like CNN, Fox, what they do is like, oh, they, they just try to frame everyone with, like, this identity identity politics. Like, this guy's a right-winger, so he, he likes these opinions. But Joe's, like, a freaking... He has, like, right-wing opinions, and he smokes, like, DMT. The juggernaut, man. He smokes, like, DMT. He's, like... He, they're, they're, you can't classify him as, oh, he's, like, a right... Or he's a leftist or something. He's, like, every... Like, he's, like... He's, like, what a regular U.S. American is. Like, we, mm. I think he represents the people. I Yeah. Good way. No? Great like, way to say that, yeah. I agree yeah, I, with you. He does. And that's the appeal of the show because people can see a lot of themselves in him. And I think that's a lot part of the reason why he's successful. Okay, I know a lot of us have to go, but good talk. And we will try our best to be as consistent as we can. 
uh, and, and, you know, do another episode next week. But until then, take care.